podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two footed podcast on Wednesday, the 16th of March, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider, a virtual privacy network will allow you to go online, change location, access things like BBC iPlayer, ITV Hub, American Netflix, if that's what you want, whatever it is you geoblock from, a Liberty Shield VPN can get you where you want to be and most importantly, keep your data safe. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot. So check out libertyshield.com and use the code router50 to get 50% off at checkout. That's router50 at libertyshield.com to get your half price router right now. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the Anfield Index and EPL Index shops, which you can find on Etsy. Use the codes RED10 or EPL10 to get 10% off your football merchandise. Right, folks. It's not a good day to be a Man United fan. It really isn't. Now, some would argue it's never a good day, but they had a long time where it was a good time to be a United fan. Those times are not now. Manchester United out of the Champions League, beaten 1-0 at home by Atletico Madrid. Renan Lodi with the only goal of the game, a back post header of an Antoine Griezmann cross, gives them the sole goal and the victory, and through they go. And United have nobody to blame but themselves. This Atletico Madrid team are not a vintage Atletico Madrid team by any stretch. They're still a good team. There's no way around that. They're not some bang average, run-of-the-mill type of team. They're still a good team with good players. And you look at the team that they sent out last night, and there's a lot of quality on the pitch. Oblak in goal, Jimenez, Lorente, Lodi, DePaul, Koke across the middle, Griezmann and Joe Felix up front. But there's some fairly average players in there with Safic, Herrera. I'm not a big fan of Mandava, but... By and large, that is a good team. But like I say, it's not a vintage Atleti team. And at home, United should be beating them. They should be beating them. With the home crowd behind them, with the amount of money that they've spent. And look, I've been over and over the problems in this United team, so I'm not going to relitigate any of that. But they should have had enough last night. But they got absolutely nothing out of Cristiano Ronaldo. Bruno Fernandes had another poor performance and he continues to have them this season. And the biggest reason for that is Cristiano Ronaldo. Fred had a decent game in midfield, but McTominay is not a Champions League caliber midfielder. And of course, Slabhead Maguire shows once again that he is just not 
of the level of centre-back required for a team with serious ambition. So United are out. It's now five seasons in a row with no trophy, no silverware at all. For all the money that they've spent, no trophies won. Seven seasons out of the last nine without a single trophy. From the season Alex Ferguson won his first trophy, which was an FA Cup, up to the season that he won his last trophy, which was the Premier League title in his last season, United only had five seasons across 24 years where they didn't win a major trophy. And by major trophy, I mean the league, the FA Cup, the League Cup, Champions League, the UEFA slash Europa League, and the Cup Winners Cup. They're the major trophies that they could have won. They only had five seasons where they didn't win one of them, at least one of them. Now, even then, in three of those seasons, they did win the Community Shield. Now, as I've said many times, that's a preseason friendly. It doesn't mean anything. But still, you're bringing home a bit of silverware. They've had seven seasons since Ferguson left where they've won nothing, not even the Community Shield. They did win it once. They won it the season. They also won the League Cup and Europa League under Mourinho, which was the season after they won the FA Cup. And if you think back, at the end of that first season under Mourinho, because they won three Cups and the Community Shield in the span of two seasons, they very braggadociously announced that they were back and their fans were very excited and ignored the fact that they finished sixth in the league. And of course, what happens now is the blame game. So you've got Miguel Delaney coming out and saying that sources inside Manchester United tell him that Bruno Fernandes is viewed as uncoachable. Now that's odd because... None of his coaches at Udinese or Sporting Lisbon ever suggested anything of the sort. You've got Samuel Luckhurst coming out and saying this summer needs to be the biggest rebuild that the club has done. And you've got to just take a step back and think, how many rebuilds can they have? Like, They definitely do need to tear it down, but they don't need to rebuild it. They need to build it. United have never built a team in the post-Ferguson era. They've continually tried to buy a team with no real plan of what comes next. And that's why you get an ill-fitted squad with players that just don't work together. That's how you end up with Delo, Varane, Maguire and Tellez in a back four. Three of whom are front-foot aggressive players who want to play in a high line and the other, the £80 million centre-back, who, by the way, is your club captain, is terrified to ever leave the confines of his own box and when he does, it leads to absolute calamity. The goalkeeper is terrified to leave his six-yard box and doesn't want anything other than a nice deep block sat in front of him. So you've got all these ill-fitting pieces. The attack doesn't work either. In large part because there's no real focal point. You're playing Bruno Fernandes as a 10, which isn't his position. And obviously today now, lots of people digging in on Bruno. 
and he wouldn't work for a top club and he's not a great player and it doesn't matter what he's done in the past. Look how many times he gives the ball away. Fair. He does give the ball away a lot. You know who else gives the ball away a lot? In fact, more than him. Kevin De Bruyne, Trent Alexander-Arnold and the other elite playmakers in the Premier League. They all give the ball away a lot because they take a lot of risks. Now, part of the issue here is that Bruno is being miscast as a number 10. He's being miscast as the primary playmaker for this team. That's not his role. What Bruno is, is he's an off-ball number eight who you want arriving late in the box and getting on the end of chances. You see, Bruno joined a, a poor Manchester United team and immediately put them on his back and carried them for 18 months. Carried them to third and then to fourth. Carried them to a Europa League final. And he did that with the full backing of the manager who put more and more responsibility on him in terms of carrying the team and gave him more and more freedom in terms of tactical discipline. Bruno hasn't had to adhere to any sort of tactical structure. You see, what Ollie thought he was getting with Bruno was basically Steven Gerrard. And Bruno's skill set is far closer to Frank Lampard. Bruno's not the guy you want being the fulcrum of your team. Bruno's a guy that you want being that secondary goal scorer, that guy from midfield that will get you 15 to 20 a season. The one who plays largely off the ball, gets involved in some of the build-up play to give it and go again, but isn't dropping deep all the time to pick the ball up off the toes of the centre-back and then launch long balls. You want him playing those long balls the odd time to keep a defence honest, to stretch things out, whatever it may be. Not four or five times a game, though. Once, twice, maybe. Certain games don't call for it at all. And certainly not games against a deep block. You don't want Bruno playing those long balls in behind when the defence is 15 yards ahead of their goalkeeper and there's nowhere to put the ball. You don't want him playing those balls against guys like Jimenez, who's a monster in the air. Savage, who despite his, his limitations, is very good in the air. You want him playing those type of balls against an Arsenal, against the Ben White type of guy. But you need to have a centre forward who can actually go and win those type of balls as well. Cristiano can't do that. Cristiano Ronaldo last night, zero touches in the box, zero shots. What was he bought for? What was he actually bought for? Was he bought to get them through the group stage of the Champions League? Is that it? Because last night's performance was a shambles. And there's been a very quick rush to try and protect him, which is always the case. But he was a bigger problem last night than anything Fernandez did. Because every time Elanga or Bruno, or Sancho got the ball, Cristiano wasn't showing for it. He never makes run. I've said this before. He never makes a run 
to benefit the team. He makes runs for himself. So he doesn't try and dip into the channel and drag a centre-back. He waits and waits and waits and then tries to go behind for the ball to him. Nothing he does is about the team. Everything he does is about himself, and that limits players that play with him. And again, you can go back and you can look at the players that have played with him and how they've done before and after. Look at Rooney, look at Berbatov, look at Tevez, just from United. Look at their goal numbers before and after Cristiano. Look at Higuain, look at Benzema. Look at their numbers before and after. Look at Dybala, and now look at Bruno. Every single attacker who plays with Cristiano Ronaldo suffers from having to play with Cristiano Ronaldo because he doesn't do anything that benefits others. It's all about him. And he does nothing off the ball. So you're playing with 10 men. So everybody has to do that little bit extra. The other, ten, the other nine outfield players are having to pick up his slack because he won't do anything. He doesn't press. He doesn't track back. He does nothing off the ball. And when you have the ball, he just stands waiting for it or makes a run that benefits him, that gives him the opportunity to do something. Doesn't give the team the opportunity to build something. He'll just wait and wait and wait. So when I hear that Bruno Fernandes is uncoachable, I immediately say nonsense. Because no coach up until Ralph Ranić has ever seemed to have a problem with him. Now, speaking of Ranić, Paul Scholes uh, obliterated him on the post-match coverage on BT, which I thought was a little bit unfair. Now, I do agree with the uh, with the, this suggestion that he should not have been given that job. I do, along with Scholes, wonder... How is it that Ralph Ranić has been given this job? I said when they appointed him, Ralph Ranić hasn't been a full-time manager in over a decade. And now you're giving him arguably the biggest job in club football. Manchester United are one of the three or four biggest clubs in the world. They're one of the super clubs. And... That job in itself is enormous. It's enormous as well because not only are you looking after a massive group of highly paid star name players, you get no real support from above. You've got an incompetent CEO who isn't qualified to do the job, certainly not on the football side. You've got nobody running the football side of the club who is capable of doing stuff. They've got a football director who is completely unqualified, a technical director who is completely unqualified. So therefore the manager doesn't get that support. You look at the elite clubs in Europe, you look at Real Madrid, you look at Barcelona, you look at Bayern Munich, you look at Atletico Madrid, you look at Dortmund, you look at both Milan clubs, Juventus, Liverpool, even PSG, as bad and all as Leonardo is, there are still competent people around Leonardo. It's just that he overrules them and everything. But you look at Liverpool, you look at Man City, you look at Chelsea even. They don't have a director of football, but in Marina and the staff she's put around herself, 
they have a competent football structure. It helps that Chelsea don't have to abide by any profit and loss guidance because that's just how they are. Uh, Kieran Maguire pointed out that they have lost, this is an aside, they have lost £950,000 every single week since Roman took over. That's just, just think about that for a second. They've lost a million quid every single week since Roman Abramovich bought the club 19 years ago. Just, just think about that for a sec. But back to United. I said at the time, Ranić has been out of football too long as a manager. He's been a sporting director for the last 10, 11 years. That's not somebody that can come in and manage at this level. Not now. He's been away too long. Even the two seasons he did have, you're talking five and eight years, five and seven years ago, maybe, or five and eight years ago, the two seasons he took charge of Leipzig, he did well with them. But by his own admission, he had a lot of good coaches around him. He doesn't have that at United. And then you get the hypocrisy of what Scholes is actually saying when he didn't open his mouth about Ollie. And Ollie was less qualified for the job than Ranić. Now, at least Ollie, I suppose, had been managing at the time. But Ollie had failed at Cardiff, and his only success had come in the Norwegian League. At least Ranić had managed in a top league before. Ollie hadn't. Scholes never said a bad word about Ollie. Neither did Neville, neither did Rio. None of them did. They all just sat up, sat by. I mean, Rio was Ollie's biggest advocate. We all remember him putting the piece of paper down, rubbing his hands together and looking like a twat. We all remember that. He'd like probably to scrub it from history, but it happened. Ollie's at the wheel, man. Manchester United are back. Are they? Are they really? So the hypocrisy of Scholes is one thing. Then you've got Owen Hargreaves. And I don't really understand what it is that Owen Hargreaves is meant to bring to a broadcast. I will point out Manchester United last night represented on the panel by three former United players and a former United player on co-commentary. If BT were trying to signal to the world that they are the official uh, TV partner of Manchester United, they did a hell of a job. Rio talked bobbins. We know that. He talks absolute nonsense. Tells everybody he'd be an amazing sporting director, but it's not the first iota of an idea of what a sporting director does. Has no idea who he'd appoint, appoint as a coach. And then you get Hargreaves. A personality void. Owen Hargreaves is where the crack goes to die. Owen Hargreaves walks into a room and all the life immediately leaves the room. Every time he opens his mouth, you just feel yourself getting just a little bit sadder. Just a tiny little bit sadder with every single sentence. And by the end of listening to him, you're miserable. Like, if you're a Liverpool fan or an Arsenal fan or a City fan watching that last night, and United go out, you're thrilled. You're delighted. You're elated. And then Owen Hargreaves will start talking and by the end of it, you're just as miserable as all the United fans. But he turns around and he says, they need more football men at the club. Guys like Scolzi and Rio. Right. 
So, first of all, Skulls can't work for United because he is the owner or part owner of Salford. So he can't have any sort of role within United because it would be a conflict of interest. I know he managed Oldham for a while, but I think there was some sort of workaround that he had there. Oh, maybe Salford weren't in the league at the time, whatever it was. Anyway, Scholes and Ferdinand are exactly the type of people United will appoint, but should not appoint. That's just more of this jobs for the boys culture that they've cultivated there. You've got Darren Fletcher in a position that nobody understands that he has no qualifications for doing. You know, you have to sort of look past this idea that just because somebody played a game doesn't mean they know anything about the game. You wouldn't ask a horse for tips on a race. Why would you ask a footballer for advice on football? You might ask them for advice on training to play football, but you're not going to ask them for detailed breakdown of the tactical anomalies in Nagelsmann's system. What is it that he does that's different to everybody else? You're not going to ask a footballer that. You're going to ask a journalist or an analyst. You're not going to ask Rio Ferdinand. You wouldn't go and get Karsten Yanker and say, here, come here, you, come here. you played for Bayern Munich. What do you think of uh, Nagelsmann's off-ball shape? Or can you explain in detail Hansi Flick's pressing system? No. You'd go and you'd find an analyst who you've never heard of and you'd ask him because he's the guy that'll know. United have not invested enough money in their analytics department, their scouting department, their medical department. They don't have top people across the board the way Liverpool and City do. They haven't got the infrastructure. And this is why I've said before, it does not matter who United appoint next. Until they get a structure in place, until they hire best in class to head up every department, it doesn't matter who the manager is because they'll be swimming against the tide. And there's a couple of players at that club who you can build around. And Bruno Fernandes is absolutely one of them. Can he play for a top team? Absolutely. But you need to put him in a box. But until they figure out everything else, the idea of rebuilding is madness. Absolute madness. Because all they're going to do is throw good money after bad and most likely focus in on the wrong players to build around. And they're going to have some major headaches because they've got an £80 million centre-back who simply isn't good enough. And if that wasn't bad enough, he's also the club captain. Like, you look at the bench last night, there's a £50 million full-back there. There's an £89 million midfielder there. At least he's leaving for free, but I mean, that's... 89 million plus the wages, plus all the bonuses and signing on fees and agent fees and everything. You're talking 240 million they could have lit on fire. But that that kind of highlights everything you've been saying. I've been saying with Pogba though. Like 
he's on the bench for their biggest game of the season because he just can't be trusted. But he needs to go. Lingard needs to go. Cavani needs to go. Juan Bissaka needs to go. Matic needs to go. I'd keep Lindelof. I'd probably keep Baye. Phil Jones could go. De Gea I'd sell. I'd keep Delo. I'd keep Varane. I don't know what I'd do with Maguire. He wouldn't be in my team, but I don't know if you could sell him. I genuinely don't know what you'd get from him. And who's going to pay the wages? Like, you might find a couple of mid-table teams, or lower lower half-table teams who might want him, but they can't afford the wages. Uh, Tellez is fine. You keep him as a backup. Fred I'd keep. McTominay I'd try and sell. Alanga I do like. Cristiano I'd put him on a plane to America, tell him it's going to Qatar or something. Send him to America, let them deal with him. Uh, Bruno Fernandez, you keep. Sancho, you keep. There's the making of something there, but it doesn't. Like I said before, it doesn't matter who you appoint. It doesn't matter. You can you can appoint who you want. You can put all the right players in place. It's not going to matter because the club is too unstable, and something will go wrong. But United are out, and joining them out of the competition are Ben. Are sorry, are. Ajax, Ajax beaten 1-0 last night by Benfica. Darwin Nunes with the only goal of the game. A real smash and grab by Benfica. 31% possession, four shots in the game, only one on target. The one goal, Sean Dyche at home, rubbing his hands together at this masterpiece theatre. Ajax out, which may mean that Eric Ten Hag now becomes available to discuss new opportunities. I think he'd be mental to go to United. I also think United might be a bit mental to appoint him. He's a very talented coach, don't get me wrong. But again, he's working at Ajax where there's an elite structure around him. He doesn't have to worry about all the big things. He just needs to worry about the small details. All the noise is taken care of by others, as it is at top clubs. So for him to walk into United, which will be chaotic, I just think will be a very stupid move on all parts. Um, Disappointed for Ajax after being perfect through the group stage, but they have been poor in the knockout phases of the Champions League since their run to the semi-final. And uh, this falls into that category. Benfica, I would imagine, will be the team of choice for everybody in the draw for the quarterfinals. They're the one that Bayern, Liverpool, City and Real Madrid will all want. I think they both might want the winner of Juventus Villarreal as well. That game is t- tonight. Uh, they played out a 1-1 draw in Spain. Parejo equalised on 66 minutes after Vlahovic had put Juve one up. I fancy Juve to go through tonight. They've got They've gotten better in the last couple of months. They have improved their league form, they have improved as a unit. Vlahovic makes a big difference. They're unbeaten five domestically, which is probably their best from a form of the season. Need to get tighter defensively, but you know what Villarreal are coming to do. They're coming to park the bus and try and hit you on the counter-attack. So as long as you're aware of that, you should be fine. I'll back Juventus to win there. We also get Lille versus Chelsea tonight. Chelsea two up after the first leg. There were some doubts over whether Chelsea would get to France, but they are there and they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Chelsea will get through tonight nice and comfortably. 
Tunnelly, Thomas Tuchel isn't going to let that slip away. So those are your games tonight. They're both at 8 o'clock. They should be quite good. If they live up to last night's games, last night's games are both fairly good. The the United-Atleti game was maybe interesting more than good. Um, the Ajax-Benfica game was decent. Um, we have Premier League games tonight. We have two Premier League games tonight. We have Brighton versus Tottenham from match day 16, which is a hell of a thing. Uh, Brighton, obviously, in very, very poor form. They've lost five in a row. Tottenham are just the biggest mixed bag in the Premier League, and they can't be trusted at any turn. Brighton go into this game with no Webster, no Lalana. Tottenham go into the game with no Sessignon, no Tanganga, and no Oli Skip. I'll go for the Tottenham win. Away from home, it'll be tough, but they have won three of five. They've obviously gone to Manchester City and beat them there. They've been... They looked pretty good against Leeds and Everton. I know it's Leeds and Everton, but, you know, you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, So they did get those two wins and they beat City. They lost to Burnley, which, you know, was what it was. They lost to United. It's They're such a hard team to pick. They're such a hard team to predict at all. But I'll go. I'll go with the Tottenham win. I'll go th- uh, two one Spurs. I'll go two one Spurs. The other game then is the interesting one of the night. It is Liverpool versus Arsenal at the Emirates. Liverpool are unbeaten. Well, they're eight wins in a row in the Premier League. Arsenal are five wins in a row in the Premier League. Uh, the Gunners have not really beaten anybody particularly good this season. They've beaten Wolves twice. Wolves are seventh. They've beaten West Ham. West Ham are sixth, and we're missing three of their starting back four. They beat Tottenham, the biggest mixed bag in the Premier League. Uh, they did beat Aston Villa. They were garbage at the time. Uh, they've largely beaten up on the bottom clubs. That's what Arsenal have done this season, and credit to them for it. But, you know, when I can't find a win against any of the other teams in the top five, I, I do start to ask questions. They've got Liverpool. They've still got to play Chelsea again. They've still got to play United again. They've still got to play West Ham again. And they've got to play Spurs again. So, look, Arsenal's tests are coming up. Arsenal have the hardest run-in of anybody in that top seven or eight. Liverpool, four points behind City. Game in hand, which is tonight. Win it, you're a point behind. And all of a sudden, all the pressure goes on Manchester City, especially if Liverpool can win their next league game, which will be Watford. Liverpool win that game and win tonight. They'll go ahead of Manchester City by two points. City would then have a game in hand, but all the pressure is back on them. Now, admittedly, City's next league game is Burnley, so they should win that. But it will set things up very, very nicely for the following weekend, where the two sides will play at the Etihad. I will go for a 3-0 Liverpool win. They've beaten Arsenal twice this season. And drawn the other game, that was the game in which Xhaka was sent off and Arsenal parked all the buses, went over to Everton, borrowed some more buses and were just an absolute pain in the backside to play against. And Liverpool should, still should have beaten them. Minamino missed an absolute sitter. Uh, I will back Liverpool to win this game because Arsenal have a soft underbelly, still don't rate them defensively, still have massive question marks over Ramsdale and White in particular. No Tommy Aswell right back means Cedric who's just not very good. 
and um, Granite Jack in midfield always gives you a chance. Always gives you a chance. Liverpool will be at full strength tonight. Only Milner and Simicus out. So unless Andy Robertson gets hurt, there's no issue there. They don't need either of those two for this one. Uh, yeah, we'll go Liverpool 3-0 and we'll take a break. When we come back, might be time to catch up with some terrible football takes. I'll see you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So it is time to catch up with terrible football takes. We've got a few months to go back through, so we'll run through as many as we can. We've got some news and gossip to follow. Uh, right, <clears throat> I see this account on Twitter. He's always awful. This one is SXNE19IV2. It probably means it's Sane1942 or whatever. I Who knows? Uh, in terms of pure footballing ability, what is the greatest Premier League of all time? And he says, Ederson, Canseo, Stones, Laporte, Baines, Jesus wept, uh, De Bruyne, Toure, Silva, Henri Aguero has it. If you haven't noticed, this man is a Manchester City fan. Uh, the idea of putting John Stones in is laughable. The idea of putting Leighton Baines in is laughable. I don't necessarily disagree with the rest of it, but Stones and Baines, yeah, you're rightfully called for a terrible take. Uh, Abin Seb, breaking news, Harry Kane tests positive for being the greatest striker in Premier League history. Get yourself in the bin, son. Mark Goldbridge, always a wonder. Genuinely don't think that there's much difference between Rashford and Neymar at their best. At least Marcus doesn't hide in the pub league. I don't necessarily disagree that Neymar hides in the pub league, but in terms of ability, Neymar's levels above. Rashford, at his best, was a more efficient player, maybe a more effective, not maybe a more effective player, but a more consistent player, maybe. But Neymar, as a, as a player, Neymar's a better player than, than Rashford. It's not even close. Uh, unbiased underscore LFC fan. Call me crazy, but I'd take Diogo Jota over Drogba every day. Um, well, I mean, you know, there's many ways to look at this. What I will say is that Didier Drogba is 44 years of age, so I probably would take Jota at this point, but, uh, you know, for talking primes, that's nonsense. Uh, the Marcoli boy. The fear Vinicius Jr. is putting in Barca fans. Lionel Messi never put in Madrid fans from an honest football fan, from a fool. That is not from an honest football fan. That is from a fool. Messi terrified Madrid fans. Terrified them. Uh, Mike L-U-H-G-O. This guy is this guy is one of the worst accounts I've ever seen. Uh, thoughts on Newcastle wanting to sign Fellaini, Mike. Good signing for them would be their best ever player. Hope this helps. <laughs> oh, he signs off everything would hope this helps. And none of it ever helps. None of it ever helps at all, Mike. Uh, United Trey, always a belter. Messi wouldn't start for us, to be honest, would have to play the Van de Beek role. This guy is the single worst account in the history of social media. 
this guy brings so much shame on the rest of the United fan base that it can't even be quantified. Uh, TMMCFC, here comes a belter. Uh, comparing Guardiola's Barca team with the current City team. Ederson better than Valdez. I, I agree. I do agree with that one. Kyle Walker is the equal of Danny Alves. That's an absolute shocker. Diaz better than Mascherano. No, not even at centre-back. Not even at centre-back. Laporte equal to PK. I don't... Pre-injury Laporte, I would say yes. Post-injury Laporte isn't the same. PK's always been overrated, though. Uh, Canseo better than Abidal. I mean... A better footballer, yeah, not a better defender. I mean, if you're comparing them, Walker is really the Abidal of this team and Canseo is the Danny Alves. And Abidal is better than Walker and Alves is better than, than uh, Canseo. Busquets equals Rodri. I mean, the amount of glue you'd need to be sniffing to say that. It gets worse, though. KDB better than Iniesta. I love KDB, but he's not, he's not close to Iniesta. He's got Bernardo being better than Xavi as well, which I am. Mara is better than David Villa. Oh, Foden equals Messi. Sterling's better than Pedro. I'll, I'll give him that one. But Jesus. Uh, the Anfield talk. Keep going, Arsenal fans. You're just making Anfield louder by louder on Thursday by the decibel the more you moan. That's not a terrible take. It's a terrible account. Not a terrible take. Um, Zay revived. This is a this is a combination of idiots. Zay revived and Og underscore Bem. Low key is killing Mbappe already better than Prime C or Seven. To which the reply is already much more effective. I'd say. Way more terrifying than Prime CR7 ever was, too. Now, I, as everybody knows, I'm not a big Cristiano fan. I think he's an incredible goal scorer, uh, or was an incredible goal scorer. But like, let's not put Mbappe in that kind of conversation just yet. Uh, Aiden Walsh, MUFC. This account is not normally too terrible, but this is a stinker. Just pay the 70 million for Juan Basaka. Oh, he'll be sold back to Crystal Palace this summer for 15. He just will. Uh, the Scouse foodie. Could not Phillips, if fit, actually provide a plan B up front for Klopp from Trent and Robbo's crossing ability, considering how good he is aerially? Not the most likely option, but Klopp has done it before with Calker back in 2015. Uh, look, it's it's a, it's a silly take, but at the end of the day, if you're one down and there's three minutes left, sure, put them up front and, and pump crosses into the box. But what I will say is it's very different heading a ball clear where you don't really care where it goes as long as you get the general direction right, as opposed to heading on goal. Um. MCFC, Zayat. These guys are always terrible. Any of these accounts like this. In terms of their career, Ruben Neves is better than Sergio Ramos. Um, Sergio Ramos. Ruben Neves is a better defender than Sergio Ramos was. 
at his prime. Better, better centre back. Ramos was a brilliant fullback, but as a centre back, he was far too rash. But in terms of their career, Sergio Ramos has had maybe one of the six or seven best careers ever when you look at what he's won. So this is just stupid. Um, ah, Mr. Stephen Housen. Always a belter. Always a belter. This guy, this guy doesn't actually like football. He just does it for monetary purposes. Uh, Bobby Charlton was in a plane crash where half his team and his friends died. And he came back, won the lot, and actually made himself the best player in the world, winning a Ballon d'Or eight years later. Luke Shaw broke a leg and is still getting excuses made. That what? I, I whole lot of leaves is another belter. I get I got crucified for suggesting this. If I'm Arsenal, though, I'm throwing whatever he wants at Brendan Rogers, and you should get crucified for it. I don't know who said this, someone on Talksport. I genuinely think LFC's Jota will be the Premier League's best ever striker. On current form, he's better than Henri ever was. Jada's the best Portuguese player ever to find. I don't know who said that, but it's it's all strange. Uh, football Teo. Fully fit Marcus Rashford is better than Neymar. This was in January as well. So, you know. Uh, United Trey again, because he just never lets you down. Martial world-class conversation needs to start. Right. Uh, Gianni Infantino appears to suggest a two-year World Cup, a two-year World Cup would prevent refugees from fleeing to Europe. We have to give the Africans hope that they don't have to cross the Mediterranean to perhaps be able to have a better life here. We have to give them opportunities and dignity. I mean, I'm all for investment in Africa. I'm absolutely all for it, but. A World Cup is not going to do it. All it's going to do is result in people dying from building stadiums that will never be used afterwards. And then you making lots of money, you shiny-headed man. Um, Chelsea Daily. Season ticket holders can purchase Caribou Cup tickets tomorrow. Loyalty points basis to members on Monday. Uh, and someone replies, need to get rid of this loyalty set. Right. Um, Rafael Hernandez, Rafael H117. If, if you don't know Rafael, he is a child who lives in South America who has never set foot in Barcelona in his life. Now, masquerades pretending to set foot in Barcelona has pretended to be a journalist for years on social media. Uh, he's never written anything, you'll find absolutely nothing with his name on a byline. He is a spoofer and a clown. And he goes with the following statements. Can Mbappe be considered successful as he will leave on a free after failing to an ending really relevant with PSG? Highlights were what? Four goals versus Leon, two versus Bayern, and three versus Arun Barca. From Mbappe's point of view, he has been a success in terms of what he's done since he's been there. Because remember, he was 19 when they bought him. From PSG's point of view, no, it can't be viewed as successful. But Mbappe was bought to be Robin to Neymar's Batman. And as we've just discussed previously, Neymar is best suited to the butler role, not being either Batman or Robin. So, you know. Total El Bicho. 
Like it or not, no one comes close to the legacy of Kevin De Bruyne in the Premier League. If you're 12 or 13, I can kind of see why you'd say that. Um, respect Johnson. One, in terms of footballing ability, he's clear. Uh, Hakimi over Danny Alves. I, say. <sighs> I don't know who needs to hear this, but Serginho Dest is better than Trent in terms of individual quality. That's from a guy called Meat Season who might want to seize in his brain. Um, those are some shockers. Bernardo V3. This guy's another fool. It's mad how Manchester City once had the greatest African player of all time, Yaya Toure, and now the best African winger, Riyad Mahrez. Well, Salah is the best African winger of all time. Not even debatable. The greatest African player of all time is George Weah. Yaya is in the mix, but he is behind Salah. He is behind Drogba. He's behind Etu. He may as well be behind JJ Akotcha. Uh, United Nathan, seven, because the previous six worked out so well. Might get cooked for saying this, but... Bruno and Pogba are a better duo than Xavi and Iniesta ever were in terms of ability. Jesus Christ. Um, Zero asks, Martinelli isn't better than Neymar, but I'd say it's very close. Martinelli probably edges him on more than half of attributes, though. Uh, More pace, better attitude. That's about it. Uh, Let's see. So this starts off with Drogba saying a little tournament that means a lot to us Africans because he, like a lot of other idiots, have mistaken what Klopp meant when he sarcastically called it a little tournament. What he meant was this is a massive deal that everybody's downplaying because no one talks about it. And Exotic Scouse (laughs) replies, Mane, Salah, Keita, Yaya, Kolo, Mendy, Kayan, and many more are better African players than you. Um, if you'd stopped after Mane and Salah, I might have agreed, but Asamoa, Kayan. Um, this is some, some guy called David. It's not me. Emerson will become world-class under Conte. I'm saying it with chest. He might become a good player under Conte, but he won't. He's he's already a good player. He might become a very good player. He'll never be world-class. Official Avelino. This guy is verified. Uh, Paul Pogba is better than R9. At at dancing, maybe. Uh, L. Sevs. If Pep could design a centre-back in a lab, it would be Harry Maguire. I mean, no. Prime Kevin, underscore. In terms of being a bigger game player, Kai Havertz over Cristiano Ronaldo. Let's give Kai a little bit longer before we start that sort of thing. But at the same points in their career, undoubtedly. But overall, no. Uh, Piers Morgan, always a bell end. Great to watch a Beckham who can actually play football. This was after Odell Beckham Jr., Scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. 
um, and obviously a dig at David Beckham. This was followed up by Gary Lineker saying you might dislike him for whatever reason, but David Beckham was a great footballer, one of our finest. And Morgan says you might want to suck up to him for whatever reason, but Beckham was the most overrated player in history. Wouldn't have got onto the Arsenal Invincibles bench. Pierce Morgan, a rare breed. MUFC Jaybred. It's a picture of Sancho wearing a balaclava or a ski mask and a beanie hat. No, a, a, a bucket hat. Um, does this look like a Manchester United player to you? To me, it looks like a criminal, a hardened thug. What kind of example is he setting for the children? Why can't he be more like Harry Maguire? I'm ashamed of this. Fix up, Jaden. That'd be the same Harry Maguire that went to Greece and got arrested. Yeah. Uh, I test football. This is just at their best. Who are you taking? Brian Henderson or Sergio Busquets? And Mo underscore Y11 responds, Henderson has more to his game. Busquets is just a passing merchant. Both of these accounts should be immediately taken down and filed away in a, a box that just entitled morons. Um, Thierry Nian, Pep Guardiola, sporting or a tough team. <laughs> That's when they were 5 0. Um, this Sane 19 idiots back again asked the top five footballers in the world right now. He says Bernardo Silva won. Mbappe 2, Canseo 3, Lewandowski 4, and Laporte 5. Kurt 0411 FIFA, this is the kid who I believe is banned from playing FIFA, uh, Inter versus Liverpool combined 11. So he's gone for a back four. Allison, Trent, Schrinier, Van Dijk. I'm agreeing so far. He's put Bastoni as a left back. He's gone for Brozovic in midfield over Fabinho. Uh, Vidal over I assume he was thinking Henderson so yes uh, Chalanaglu over Thiago uh, Salah Laturo and Perisic and then he says yet I'm supposed to be scared Havertz smiles call me crazy but I'm taking Kai, Her- Kai Havertz over Kylian Mbappe you are crazy Leah underscore or MFC Manchester City is a bigger club than both Liverpool and Chelsea if we are being honest in terms of cheating financial doping uh, and all those type of things absolutely in terms of anything else no Uh, Ellis version three because again the first two were just such runaway successes Zayic is the best right winger in the league no one can chat to me for those that don't know Ellis he's a little boy who's a Man United fan who had a big account that got suspended, had a second account that got suspended, has now rocked in with a third account, which is just as stupid as the first two, and is now pretending he's a Chelsea fan. Uh, And this is absolute nonsense. Um, Mystical Leo, unpopular opinion, PSG version of Lionel Messi is better than any version of Chris Jarno. There is a rule that I have, a steadfast rule, that if someone starts a tweet with unpopular opinion, They're genuinely saying, 
this is the biggest load of nonsense I could think of, but I want some attention. Uh, United optimist Wayne Rooney is one of the best managers in the world right now, but I guess nobody is ready for that conversation. Wayne Rooney is doing a good job in the championship. That's all he's doing. Uh, Zinni season, best front three in Premier League history. He's gone Sterling, Aguero, Sané. I, I, that's not a bad take. There's, there is a real argument to be made for that. 17, 18, 18, 19, that front three was scary good. So that's not a bad take. That's not a bad take at all. Um, back to the who had a better... Oh, this is another one. Who had a better prime, Brian Henderson or Yaya Toure? Yaya had the higher peak, but Henderson the better career and legacy. So uh, Brian Henderson has won one Premier League, one Champions League, and two League Cups in his career. No international honours at all. Uh, so that's what he's done. Yeah, yeah. And, and never been the best player on any team he's ever played on, except maybe an under-14s team. Yeah, yeah, Toure won the Greek Cup. The Greek League title. Tula Liga titles. A Copa del Rey. Uh, a Super Copa de España. A Champions League, a UEFA Super Cup, a World Club Cup, uh, three Premier League titles, an FA Cup, two League Cups, a Chinese League, uh, and the African Cup of Nations. Yaya Toure, now at, he must be 42, 43, 38 is all Yaya Toure is. Yaya Toure now is a better player than Brian Henderson, ever. Yaya Toure had about a three-year spell where he was the best player in the Premier League whenever he wanted to be. The issue with Yaya was he didn't necessarily want to be all the time. So Yaya would float through games, and then every so often he'd just decide, let's get a little close here, I might score a goal or create something. And he'd pick the ball up, beat four people, and either put it in the top corner or feed someone else to score. Yaya Toure has had a much better career than Jordan Henderson and is a much better player than he ever was. So, yeah, I mean, Ahmed LFC, you are a fool, I'm afraid. Van Delegate hater. So, I mean, this is the type of nonsense you're dealing with. Um. Underscore THFC Matt or Mitt. Uh, unpopular opinion, this team would win the Premier League this season. Uh, this is the Spurs team from a few years back with Lloris, Walker, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, and Rose, Wanyama, Dembele, Eriksen, Ali, Son, and Kane. No. No, that, that team didn't win the Premier League when the Premier League was weak. It's not going to win the Premier League now. Uh, Everton Hope. Anthony Gordon under Frank Lampard will be the best Premier League winger. There I've said it, and you shouldn't have said it because it's nonsense. Uh, Rani underscore FT. Hazard is more talented than Messi, but I'm not sure people are ready for that conversation yet. This is another one. When people say, I'm not sure people are ready for that conversation, they know it's not a conversation worth having. They're just looking for some attention. Uh, United Optimus, Inform Sancho, Inform Sancho, Champions League, Varane, Mr. Champions League, best midfielder in the world, Pog, Pogba, 
Dave saves, I assume that's De Gea. Energetic and underrated Fred. No nonsense, McTominay. Atletico Madrid won't see us coming tonight. It will come to them like a missile. That was before the first leg where they drew. Uh, also things, no matter how much money the Premier League team spend, La Liga will always be the best league in the world. La Liga was the best league in the world for a handful of seasons. And that was about it. In the last 50 years, La Liga has maybe been the best league for five or six of them. In, and that was in one bunch. Other than that, no. Jaden Sancho or Gabriel Martinelli, who are you taking? MCFC Zayed. Martinelli all day. The man is the reincarnation of Ronaldinho and has the potential to be even better. Do these kids not watch Ronaldinho play? United Trey. I don't know who needs to hear this. Again, this is something the stupid people say. But it's embarrassing comparing Jaden Sancho with the likes of Saka, Martinelli, or Adoy. I assume he means Hudson Adoy. He's in the Mbappe and Haaland bracket. Learn to respect the best. Right. Well, all I'll say on that, and I, I love Jaden Sancho. I genuinely think he is a phenomenally good player. But he is absolutely not better than Bakayo Saka. He might be as good as Bakayo Saka, but he's not better. And Sancho, who is 21, has five goals and three assists this year. Uh, Saka has nine goals and five assists in a team that's about the same level in just slightly, well, 300 more minutes. So what's that? Like three more games? Uh, three, three and a half more games? This idea that Sancho's on the Haaland and Bappe level. Talent-wise, he could get there, but he's not out. He's not there yet. Uh, Chelsea Ramblings. If all Chelsea fans should join in with you'll never walk alone instead of drowning it out with Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea on Sunday in a show of solidarity. Oh, I think they should. That's not a bad take. It's it's something that won't happen, but, you know. Uh, Luke, Luca, THFC, we got to start comparing Sessegnon to the likes of Robertson and Kinsale. Um, no. Everyone's too scared to say it, but Elanga got that Mbappe. No. CFC mod. We actually sold Real Madrid a finished Courtois and broke the bank for Kepa, who's going to become one of the best soon. He's already doing amazing. This account is dreadful, this CFC mod fella. He's also a little bit racist. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's just a stupid tweet. Weak underscore junior. I would rather have a 19-year-old Foden in my team instead of a 19-year-old Ronaldo. And I'm sure Foden is going to get better with time. And nine, which Ronaldo? Like, if you're talking Cristiano, then yeah, 19-year-old Foden was better than 19-year-old Cristiano. But Cristiano probably had more talent. But if you're talking or nine, I mean, or or nine is the best 19 year old the world's ever seen. Uh, point of view, you know, Bull, David Silva, and De Bruyne are better than this is Poden est or Podenist Muppet, absolute Muppet. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Sean LFCT, Chelsea's whole attack 
evolves around the right back. What has <laughs> what has Tuchel done to this beautiful sport? He's a Liverpool fan moaning into the team building their attack around the right back. I, I don't think he sees the irony. Um, football is life again. Unpopular opinion. Paul Pogba is a better player than De Bruyne. Again, let me repeat: he might be more talented, but on a football field, Kevin De Bruyne is a far more is a far better player than Paul Pogba. Another unpopular opinion. This time from Naldo United. Aaron Wan-Bissaka is a generational talent. There hasn't been a fullback ever in history to be as good defensively, as naturally good defensively as him. <sighs> Halves FCB, 10 out of 10 rating with zero dribbles. What have they done to the beautiful game? Again, what have they done to the beautiful game? The definite signature of a 12-year-old. Um, have, uh, Lewandowski scored a hat-trick and got an assist so therefore got 10 out of 10 on sofa score which you know is basically done by an algorithm so it doesn't really mean anything but this idea that these dribble merchants just drive me up the wall um, all things Seleko Seleko talk which is a man who presents himself on social media as a mid-40s Brazilian man I have it on strong authority that it is a 16-year-old who's never been to Brazil in their life and is actually an Everton fan. Uh, you cannot be a generational talent, which by its very definition is a level of footballing ability that only comes along once in a generation if you were a fullback. If you were that talented, you wouldn't be a fullback. This same idiot will fawn over Danny Alves and Roberto Carlos and Cafu to the Wilkins, to the cows come home. CFC Pies, another, another fool. Super League style protest needed outside the bridge on Sunday before the game. This is after uh, Roman's money was taken away. I saw this one when it was tweeted. This is not a bad take. LFC Laurie, now he, this guy has all the bad takes. But considering the potential and talent he had, Neymar has to go down as one of the biggest disappointments of all time. That is factually correct. That is, a, that is an accurate statement. Uh, Klopp style, finished by 29, yet his stands will tell you with a straight face he's the third best player of his generation. Again, that's correct. And Laurie replies, he could have been generational, but nowhere near lived up to it. And he thought, this is correct. This is not a bad take at all. This is a very good take. Um, unpop unpopular opinion, Bruno's 1920 season is the biggest peak for a footballer that isn't Messi or Ronaldo. 31 goals and 26 assists from midfield is unheard of. 31 goals and 26 assists from midfield is unheard of. The rest of it is nonsense. And I'm the biggest Bruno fan you'll find, but that's garbage. Uh, Finley CFC. Yeah, but Leno was better than Ramsdale and Martinez is so much better. I think Arsenal fans just want him to prove everyone wrong. So they're pretending he's better right now. Emi Martinez is better than Ramsdale. There's just no doubt about that. Leno's not very good anyway. Uh, but him and Ramsdale are probably on about the same level. Um, Steve Arnott, that's not the guy's real name, uh, obviously. So he's replying to a tweet that says, Cristiano Ronaldo is set to leave Manchester United in the summer if they do not qualify for the Champions League. There's been talks this week between Ronaldo's representatives and Richard Arnold, who is the CEO. And this idiot replies, I can't lie, it's so bait, we're going to win the CL. Oh, they're just, they're so special.
they're so special. Even even their parents must be hugely disappointed in them. Hugely disappointed. Uh, we'll do the news quickly and wrap up with the gossip. Uh, Chicago Cubs owner confirms interest in buying Chelsea. So the Ricketts family own the Chicago Cubs. The You remember last week I gave you two potential types of American owners, the John Henry type and the Glazer family type. The Ricketts family would very strongly fall into the John Henry type. Um, that group also apparently includes U.S. hedge fund entrepreneur Ken Griffin. Again, that's John Henry is a hedge fund entrepreneur. So this would be a good outcome for Chelsea. Uh, they plan to make a group on Friday, or a bid on Friday. I think this would be a good outcome for Chelsea. These will be people who will run the club in a responsible way. Uh, you'll only sell what you make. You won't lose half, or you won't lose a million quid every week. But on the flip side, they won't spend recklessly. They they have a couple of times gone big with the Chicago Cubs, but John Henry's done that a couple of times with the Red Sox as well. But generally, they're very detail-oriented, very analytics-based, very cautious, and very good at what they do. I mean, they the Cubs were going nowhere when they bought them. They had not won in whatever, 100 and whatever years. Uh, they stole Theo Epstein away from, bought from the Red Sox and he helped them build a World Series winning team. The, Rickett fam the Ricketts family would be good owners for Chelsea, but not owners who will spend recklessly. Um, I missed this yesterday, but Chelsea made a request to have their FA Cup tie with Middlesbrough played behind closed doors, which is one of the more ridiculous things I've heard. Um, and Steve Gibson, the chairman of Middlesbrough, came out and said that Chelsea and sporting integrity are two things that shouldn't be mentioned together because Chelsea had basically been cheating for the last 19 years. Um, football is what I know. Eddie Howe deflecting questions on Saudi Arabia again. Uh, I bet you know who signs your paychecks, though. The new camp is to be renamed after Barcelona agree multi-year Spotify deal. So the deal is apparently worth about 235 million over four years. It includes sponsorship of the jersey, the women's jersey, the training kit, and the stadium. I would say that is actually a little bit undervalued for what Barcelona possibly could have brought in if they'd done each of those deals separately. When you consider that Liverpool, for example, make 40 plus million off Standard Chartered, 10 million off the training kit, and don't sell and don't uh, have naming rights on Anfield, or, uh, and, and the women's kit is obviously not sponsored by Standard Chartered either. Um, I, I do think Barca probably could have gotten a little bit more, but it's, it's a great deal for them. It digs them out of a big hole financially, obviously and uh, will be of, of benefit to the club for the long term. Kai Havertz says he'll pay for his own travel to games. Kai Havertz is just a player to be liked. A player to be liked a lot. Uh, Darwin Nunes has a couple of pieces here on the BBC website about him. One about his winner in last night's game and one just about him. And uh, he's one that some Premier League fans might want to get watching soon. There was 
at least one executive from a team in the top few teams in the Premier League at that game last night, paying close attention to him. Um, this piece here, how Manchester United's academy is planning for the future. That would be, oh, this is about the women's football team. Uh, I didn't think it was about the men's football team because they haven't planned anything in nine years. Uh, late night phone calls, intense training and football obsession. What it's like playing for an emotional Simeone. That should be a good piece. Um, yeah, that's basically that there. We will wrap up with the gossip because, you know, I missed it yesterday and uh, we've got the two days to get through. So Stephen Gerrard is monitoring Luis Suarez with the prospect of making a move in the summer. This one's been doing the rounds for a while. It, it might make sense. Um, Manchester United are considering making a fresh move for Harry Kane this summer. Away with you. Uh, it won't help. Lionel Messi's father and agent George has called Barcelona to discuss whether he can return after leaving for PSG. Uh, it makes sense that he'd want to go back, to be fair. Barcelona will consider a move for Chelsea's Belgian striker, Romelu Lukaku, if they can't sign Erling Haaland. I don't think they will. Barcelona manager Xavi is keen on the versatility that Mo Salah would add to his side. He can be keen on it all he wants. He can keep his grubby little hands off him. Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta and Tottenham boss Antonio Conte are on a nine-man shortlist for the PSG job. Arteta at PSG. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Just to see how spectacularly badly it will go. AC Milan believe that Sven Botman and Ronaldo Sanchez will both leave Lille to join them in the summer. They've been keen on both. Uh, Quivin Kelleher will not be loaned or sold in the summer, but despite interest in Premier League clubs, that's good news for us. Manchester City are set to join Real Madrid and Manchester United in the race to sign Robert Lewandowski if he's available in the summer, which he may well be. He may well be. Uh, West Ham are increasing their efforts to sign Nottingham Forest centre-back Joe Worrell, but face competition from Brentford and Everton. He is definitely Premier League ready. Rafinha has garnered interest from Barcelona and Manchester United. Leeds are also interested, Liverpool are also interested in Rafinha. We've known that for a long time. Liverpool are closing in on signing Ben Doak from Celtic, talented player. Fiorentina are in talks with Arsenal over a permanent move for Lucas Torreira. That's old news. Benfica are keen on PSG's 34-year-old Angel Di Maria because they don't have enough old players there. No. Lazio's Albania goalkeeper Thomas Strakosha is a target for Premier League clubs. He's fallen off in the last few years. He hasn't developed the way he should have, but it's still only 26. Real Madrid's Danny Ceballos is facing an uncertain future. He's been facing an uncertain future at the Bernabeu since the day he joined because he's not good enough to play for Real Madrid. Uh, Barcelona are close to completing the sign, signing of Nassara Missouri on a free contract. Um, free transfer, I should say. Liverpool's Egyptian forward Mo Salah is not desperate to leave Anfield this summer and could leave next summer for free. Uh, this is Romano, so it's garbage. Reds boss Jurgen Klopp will not talk to Salah and his agent amid a standoff. The Klopp doesn't deal with the contracts, so why would he? Stop trying to make a story where there isn't one. Uh, Erling Haaland will ask for a release clause to be written into any contract should he move clubs this summer. 
Manchester City are prepared to pay him £500,000 a week. It would seem unlikely. They don't really do that. They, they No, hang on. They do do that. They just don't do it openly. Um, Paris Saint-Germain do not intend to let Neymar leave despite reported interest from Paris. Barca don't want him back. Manchester United's links with a £90 million move for Harry Kane depend on Mauricio Pochettino becoming the new Red Devils boss. Kane says he's motivated to get even better uh, under Antonio Conte. See, I'd rather if he just said get better, not even better. You know, the, the ego of Harry Kane is a little bit much considering he's won nothing. Luis Suarez wants to play at least one more season in Europe before a move to the MLS, and he's supposedly open to a move to Aston Villa. Manchester United have agreed a deal to sign Toby Collier from Brighton, 18-year-old midfielder, joining on a three-and-a-half-year contract. Meant to be very talented. Don't know anything about him, though. AC Milan midfielder Frank Kessie will be Barcelona's first signing of the summer with Andreas Christensen to follow. Kessie doesn't make any sense for that. Such a strange signing. Uh, Manchester United have approached Dortmund over Manuel and Manuel Akanji, who's a good defender, but he's injury prone and he hasn't really kicked on from where he was, say, three years ago. Fulham are interested in Joe Gomez. You got 40 million lying around because that's what it'll cost. You can have Nico Williams, though. 12 million. UEFA have made assurances that Chelsea's last 16 tie will go ahead. Arsenal faced competition from Real Madrid and Barcelona for Fabian Luis. He'd be a really good signing for, for Arsenal, to be fair. Arsenal will raise £20 million towards a new striker by selling Matteo Guendouzi to Marseille and Lucas Torreira to Fiorentina. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. They'll bring Balogun back. He's third. I'd like to see them go and buy Joe Pedro from Watford as the second striker and then buy someone more established as the actual nine. Uh, the Gunners have inquired a bit of deal for Eden Hazard. No, they haven't. Arsenal are set to hold talks over a new deal for William Saliba. I don't know that he'll be all that keen. Barcelona will target Ruben Neves as a replacement for Sergio Busquets. I don't see it. I really don't. Barca are hoping to sign Aspilicueta. So Aspilicueta, Christensen and Kessie. Free transfers is what they're aiming for. Former Manchester United defender Rio Ferdinand believes the Old Trafford club should attempt to sign Marquinhos and Barcelona defender Ronald Arejo to strengthen their defence. Yeah, I mean, look, they're both really, really good. I just don't know that Marquinhos in the Premier League is ideal at 5'11". He's a great defender, an absolutely great defender. Uh, But these aren't actually bad suggestions. for, For Rio... This is probably the smartest thing he said in four years. Uh, And we'll leave it there, folks. That is me for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. I will see you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye. Podcast Network.